0: Welcome, True lead Readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the only podcast that breaks down hard-hitting dialogue such as, if Julia Child ever found out what this kid does to food, and do you know me, or do I have to show you an American Express card? Here to break down those lines and so much more is my friend Eddie. How are you today,
1: Eddie? I'm
0: doing great. Feeling chipper and ready to talk.
1: Uh, are we going to talk about product placement, like American Express and Spider-Man? Uh...
0: Well... What these books, do They have a lot of... I hate when of, they do this. It bothers me so much. I think there's two American Express ads in this sequence of, like, yes. eight books. So. I agree. Mm. Which is the first book, Eddie?
1: From December of 1980, Stanley presents a double-sided Marvel Team-Up 100 uh, featuring Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four in Karma by Claremont, Miller,
0: and Wyek. Spider-Man is possessed by Shan who is using him to free her young Vietnamese siblings being held by her rich evil uncle, who is hosting a benefit which includes Alicia Master's sculptures. Yeah, it's that confusing. After fighting the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man is defeated when Shan's twin brother, Tran, uses his psychic power to possess the wall crawler as well. After Reed Richards confirms that Spider-Man's story that he was like possessed, and the torch and Spider-Man go looking for Shan. She then tells them her story of her evil twin brother, Tran, and that she possessed Spider-Man because she thought Spider-Man was an evil menace. Spidey goes after Shan's twin brother, Tran, but Tran possesses the Fantastic Four against (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: A little Dr. Seuss in there, I feel like.
0: (laughs) A battle ensues with punches and flame and invisible barriers, but before either side can win, Shan just like absorbs her brother's essence, ending the fight and she just rebrands herself as Karma. Uh, notable moment the main story ends and then there's a second story involving Storm and the Black Panther meeting for the first time in Africa. Uh, I can't recall seeing a second story just pop up at a Marvel team up, but what a crazy retcon to have these two meet so many years before and completely unrelated to the other story.
1: Yeah, I thought I like and clicked on something wrong or was reading something weird because we got that second story. Uh, But overall, Shan and Tran are are great characters. I, I like how their psychic abilities are drawn. They're like these bluish bubbles or reddish bubbles coming out of their head that are kind of directed towards things. And I, I know Spider-Man's been hypnotized so many times, right? We know this is a great weakness of his. But when she first possesses Spider-Man, she's kind of like testing out his powers, which I think should happen every time he gets hypnotized. And then some of the characters, like the Fantastic Four, when they're fighting him, notice that he's like not his normal self. Right. It's it's I, I liked it actually quite a bit.
0: There's these two twins and one of them basically grows up evil and the other grows up less evil but they both have the ability to control people and they battle each other using the Fantastic 4 and Spider-Man you know as like pawns in their game. That's basically what happens yeah. here. And then the, and then the end for whatever reason we don't know about the I think the weaker sibling which is the girl has suddenly the ability to just absorb her brother completely into her, like literally just absorbs him. Mm-hmm. And then she's now karma, which I think is supposed to be two people like living inside of one, like a yin and a yang. But yeah.
1: Yeah. A, a much better version than that uh, fusion we saw. What is that last podcast? Oh, <laughs> it's yes. kind of twins again. Right. Into one.
0: But this is a character that's going to come back and I probably be part of the new mutants or something like that. She's a real character. Out there. This is Great. like the first appearance of karma book. But um good, good illustrations, good writing. Yeah. And then we have to deal with a book with Nighthawk in it, so I <laughs> hope you enjoyed the first one. It's from January of 1981. Stanley presents Marvel Team 101, featuring Spider-Man and Nighthawk in To Judge a Nighthawk by DiMatteis, Bingham, and Esposito. Eddie, Nighthawk gets attacked by his dead girlfriend, Mindy. Actually, Spider-Man <laughs> finds out she's a robot. Spider-Man and Nighthawk, whose identity is... Public, for whatever reason, head off to his college reunion where Nighthawk met Mindy. He retells a story from Defenders 32 that she died while he was driving drunk, but... She's not dead at all. That's right, she was paid off by Nighthawk's dad to go away. She took the money, Eddie, created an empire which included tons of human-looking robots. In the end, she realizes she loves Nighthawk and seeks psychiatric help. A uh, notable moment in her speech where Mindy explains to Nighthawk that she built her empire while watching him from afar, she says to Nighthawk, and I quote Eddie, I saw your transformation from egocentric playboy to incompetent supervillain to third-rate superhero. <laughs> Eddie, that seems generous. Nighthawk is trash.
1: Uh, so- that is so harsh. Can you imagine being the writer, like writing that line and being like, "Now, why are we doing this book again?" <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, at least I don't know. There's lasers that blast out of his shoulders. Uh, the whole book is super goofy. Mindy, let it be noted, she's like paralyzed from the accident. It builds this army of robotic '60s themed college students on her old college campus that was like abandoned or shut down i I, like the robotic football jocks are drinking beer (laughs) how much time and effort went into these robots i you know mindy (laughs) use your your skills for other things i guess
0: (laughs) i want to know too this is a retelling of like he he kills her defenders 32 right so yeah there's only two things that could have happened one is he, she really is supposed to be dead in Defenders 32, and and someone writing Marvel Team up is like, you know what? I'm going to go back to Defenders, pull a character who died, and pretend she never died. Or, which is which is just ridiculous, right? Or all along they're like, oh, we got to conclude that storyline. Like, let's let's conclude it in Marvel Team Up with Spider Man. He needs to be there to see this. Which, by the way, a theme for all these books. Um, he doesn't need to be there.
1: No. No, yeah, nothing. Not do. in most of it's these Spider-Man, books. Th- so little has to do with Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> no, it has to do with Nighthawk and his girlfriend, who he loved, and then she's kind of a whack job, and in the end she realizes she loves him. <laughs> so let's see if we can keep that theme going in the next book, which is from February <laughs> of <laughs> 1981. Stanley presents Marvel Team-Up 102 featuring Spider-Man and Doc Samson in Samson and Delilah uh, by Barr, Springer, and Esposito. Eddie, Doc Sampson and Delia Childress are arguing if gamma radiation is safe. Someone blasts Doc Sampson with extra gamma, and he kind of goes a little mad. Uh, Once that dies down, Peter, who of course is there in an ESU fashion, you know, invites Doc Sampson to speak at his ESU class at 2 o'clock. There is more trouble there at the ESU class. Spider-Man blames Delia, but Doc Sampson blames Peter Parker. Uh, Spider-Man is right, by the way. Delia is the bad guy. It's not Peter Parker. She works for AIM. And uh, for no reason I can figure out, the rhino shows up. (laughs) Spider-Man saves a captured Doc Samson. The villains all lose. And uh, in the end, Delia, his uh, love of some sort, gets the help that she needs from Doc Samson. Notable moment, Doc (laughs) Samson says, this is the woman he loves. Marvel Fandom says this is the first and only appearance of Delia Childress. Poor Doc Samson. Yeah, I wanted to look that up. I wanted to get that relationship squared <laughs> away. I'm like, how long have we known Delia? Apparently, this is the only appearance of this Poor woman. Delia.
1: Jeez. Oh, written in and written out as a female criminal mastermind. <laughs> Once again, it's a love story that goes wrong. I don't know. At least she's got goons that have top hats on. That's all I really think about. <laughs> well, from... I gotta recover. All right. From March of 1981, Stanley presents Marvel Team-Up 103, featuring Spider-Man and Ant-Man in the Assassin Academy by Micheline Bigum and Esposito.
0: Well, we finally see Scott Lang and his daughter, Cassie. First time we've talked about this version of Ant-Man. This is the one from the MCU, Eddie. We'll explain that to you later. I know you didn't watch the Ant-Man and the Wasp I wouldn't watched it. I wouldn't watched it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, an ex-con Gus comes to visit Scott, but later that day, Gus is intentionally hit by a car. Meanwhile, Peter switches to Spider-Man for a news story and smashes a window to a building full of assassins in training being run by the new Avengers criminal, the Taskmaster. And now it's time for a segment I like to call, Does Eddie Remember This Character from the MCU? Eddie, you just said like, oh, I went and watched the movie. (laughs) I went and watched the Ant-Man. Good. Eddie, the Taskmaster is actually a woman In the MCU, it's a man in the comics. Can you tell the listeners what she appears in? God, he's such a
1: terrible villain. Um, I I hope the movies did a better job. Let's see. Listeners, I do have to edit like
0: about two minutes of Eddie thinking just to let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Army of goons. (laughs) So, Eddie, we're talking about the MCU. That's the films and the Disney Channel stuff. We're looking for Taskmaster, Eddie. It's a character, Eddie. It's the villain. the villain in the story. Taskmaster. I I don't
1: know if I know James B. From from uh from some Avengers movie. How about that? No, from an Iron Man. How about an Iron Man? You (laughs) can all of them? There's three. (laughs) No, it can't be any one of those three. I definitely, those were early on. I watched those carefully, more carefully, I think.
0: Do you prefer when, you, when you've when you never seen the movie and you have the embarrassment of not watching That's the movie? That's better for or, me. Or, for or, or not watching the series? Or do you like it when you've seen them and you don't I, know I'm
1: person? disappointed when I've seen them and I can't okay. remember
0: because right. I really should Well, lock that. in your final answer, then I'll reveal this, please. Uh,
1: an Avengers movie, I don't know. <laughs> oh, just all of there them, you you're
0: getting it yeah. Okay, and hey, the correct answer is the Black Widow movie. Oh.
1: Really? I saw this movie.
0: Yeah, maybe it's a little bit more forgettable. To be fair, I mean, really? the Black Widow movie was released through like you probably watched it at home rather than in the big screen. I did. Because it as as uh, as we know, it never came out in a big screen. Yeah, Taskmaster. It's the it's the she's like a robotic, like not speaking, like woman who's out there battling her. She's being, <sighs> you know, being <laughs> a little bit. No, okay. Uh all
1: right. it's a a lot going on in that movie. Play the theme music. (laughs) Get me out of here.
0: (laughs) You've been listening to Does Eddie Remember This Character from the MCU? you know, how am I? Anyway, Spider-Man gets captured and then Ant-Man arrives and they're like, oh, he's an ex-con, so you can come in. So they let Ant-Man inside. Because uh, they all know, you know, Scott Lang, whatever, is a bad guy. And then the, he just frees Spidey. Uh, the heroes head to a warehouse. There's a shootout. But eventually the good guys win. They stop the villain's heist that they're stealing something, you know, but Taskmaster escapes, of course. Uh, so that way there it's like, you know, whatever. Hey, notable moment. Cassie learns to make a meal at Home Economics consisting of cheese and pretzels. And she tries to serve it multiple times to multiple people.
1: That sounds tasty to me. I don't know what everybody's complaining about, but uh, Taskmaster is the Swiss army knife of villains. He's got like a shield and a bow and arrow. It's (laughs) terrible. A close second place to his bad characteristics are how he learned to do everything by watching videos. Like I'm watching (laughs) a video of Captain America to figure out how to throw my shield. But the absolute worst thing about this guy are his lines. Uh, He says... Uh, this here is the Manhattan branch of my training academy where I take crooks off the street and teach them how to be better crooks and then make a bundle renting them out to the supervillain trade as muscle. <laughs> I mean, he, he's the, the, the mastermind behind this incredible training criminal organization and he's yeah. talking like that. Forget about it.
0: Uh, first appearance here. Avengers 194, a book I own, uh, kind of an expensive book. But I see you're making fun of uh, of his voice and uh, and yeah, he he tried to learn from Captain America. That's not how Captain America talks, by the way. <laughs> so we'll 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 find out later how Captain America talks. But um Eddie, we've got a pair of books that the Marvel team ups. We're covering all the Marvel team ups, but these are the Hulk versions. That's you know that's what we said we'd do. Yeah, there's like eleven of them. We're gonna we got two in a row here, so go through them a little quicker, folks. From April of 1981, Stanley presents Marvel TF 104, featuring Hulk and Kazar in Kazar is King by Mackenzie, Bingham, and Esposito. Eddie Bruce Banner joins a sailing crew. Better watch out for that brine. But villain Modok and his men capture everyone on the boat, and they sail to the Savage Land. There, Modok captures Kazar and some dinosaurs. Hulk and Kazar initially fight, but eventually they defeat Modok and his men, freeing all the captured sailors notable moment hulk cosmodoc big head
1: uh Zabu's was the hero this one good job kitty yeah from may of 1981 stanley presents marvel team of 105 featuring Hulk and power man and iron fist in the small circle of hate by bar
0: infantino and esposito hulk takes down the plane that danny rand and luke cage are in i don't even remember why Danny is knocked out, but Luke and the pilot meet a crazy dad who needs a boulder moved to get to some water. This is the plot, by the way. Hulk finds Danny Rand and they fight, and eventually Hulk is tricked into smashing the boulder. Not the first time Hulk's been tricked into smashing a big rock or pushing a big rock in a Spider-Man book. The crazy dad is mean, and the nice daughter, Patty, turns against her villainous father and asks... Power Man and Iron Fist, if she can leave with them and go see the city. Like, yeah, whatever. We'll just take this kid with us. Hey, notable. In another issue, Eddie, with a second story, some fake fashion models try robbing everyone at a fashion show, but all the good guys are there, including Colleen Wing, Misty Knight, and yes, it's Patty from the main story, and they take them down. Yeah, Patty karate chops someone. It's like, Power yeah, yeah, Man, she- Misty. <laughs> Yeah, from Aunt Miss. No, it's Aunt Colleen. She learned oh, it from Aunt the, Colleen, the, the karate yes. move she does. Yes,
1: I always feel so bad for Hulk. The, like, the last time we saw Spider, was like, "Oh, let me trick stupid Hulk into like <laughs> flinging this machine in his face so no one gets hurt." <laughs> I know, like, I no wonder I hate reading Hulk. I always had trouble with it because everyone is just so mean to him, and he's always like, "Why is everyone mean to me?" And I'm like, "I don't know, Hulk." Like,
0: the, isn't Hulk's first appearance with Spider-Man when they're with the enforcers in the cave and the goblin, yeah, Hulk get tricked into busting a hole out of there because Spider-Man's trapped in the cave, and they're like, "I'll trick you into breaking through this thing."
1: Incessantly, like tricking simple-minded Hulk into yeah. breaking something for you—it's
0: atrocious. I... Well, we're we're done with Hulk for now, Eddie. Why don't you give us the oh. next
1: intro? From June of 1981, Stanley presents Marvel Team-Up 106, featuring Spider-Man and Captain America in "The Savage Sting" has the Scorpion by DeFalco, Trimp, and Esposito.
0: I find it unusual that I'm being serious for a moment here. That like Night identity is public, but Captain America's isn't in the story. Like you know, I thought I thought everyone knew who he was, but I guess not not at this time. Uh, the Scorpion tricks his doctors into giving him back his costume, a ploy that would not have worked if Eddie was there. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> the Scorpion's gangs are trying to put the Bugle out of business. While returning some film, Peter runs into a commercial artist, Steve Rogers. There you go. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I this, know. Maybe just for this book. Who knows? The Scorpion attacks. All the heroes change into their costumes. The new Scorpion costume has a tail that blasts a stunned Spider-Man through a window. And Captain America, like, saves him dramatically. Uh, the heroes finally defeat Scorpion after Cap's shield slices off Scorpion's tail and a kidnapped J. Jonah Jameson is saved. Notable moment in a book with 45 panels of fighting and smashing, one-dimensional character Deborah Whitman has two panels focusing on Peter ignoring her and her self-doubt if that was intentional or not. She's like, oh, did he mean, to, uh, did he see me? I'm like, Maybe he did, maybe he did. She's a
1: future supervillain oh yes it's definitely happening Uh, i i like the cover of this book but the splash page is great it's a like close-up on Mm -hmm. crazy scorpion's face and like one eye is straight and the other one's bloodshot facing another way and his mouth's all like foamy and i I mean you're like he's pretending to be crazy theoretically so he can get his costume back which of course they're like here
0: you go and but i believe it too i believe he's he's been doing for a month he's been like this
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a fine line between sanity and crazy for Scorpion, for sure. Uh, on page nine, Spidey says while crawling up the side of the bugle, "I'll give the natives a little thrill and crawl up the side of the building until I can find an empty office where I can change into Peter Parker." Uh, isn't he supposed to not be seen getting into buildings and out of buildings? Like I understand swinging around, but. This is the inconspicuous part of being Spider-Man, right? I, I don't know. It's, whatever.
0: <laughs> well, he, and he does it in a deserted stockroom. He says, "I couldn't feel like a bigger cornball if I were forced to change in one of those old-fashioned telephone booths." <laughs> this is a Superman dig, right? <laughs> right. And then the other thing is a little advertising here, because he says, "I better secure the door. would be embarrassment if anyone walked in and caught Peter Parker in his underoos." That's. Product placement, Spider Man underoos, right? Yes, dated, dated reference. to I would say. <laughs> Nineteen eighty. Oh, you don't think people are wearing underoos anymore?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I would love anyone to let us know. I, guess, I Well, I think most of not our listeners. I
0: think our <laughs> listening audience knows what underoos are, but just for you know, they're underwear and like. I, I you know, don't think hip. so. Actually, our I, listening I, audience knows. Our listeners are are older. Disagree. Our listening underoos. audience.
1: Underoos. No. This is oh they would only know this because it's coming back into style right now, James B. Like we've come full circle. No one
0: ever left Underwood. <laughs> and you have a lot of notes on this book, so you got anything else you want to talk about? I,
1: Captain America use it save Spider-Man by using a flagpole with the American flag on it. I just stood up and said the <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> it was like too American for me. And then scorpion uses some machinery to build a tail zapping power uh, i i what a like rehabilitation prison he was at to give him such skills and scientific knowledge good for you scorpion learning these things
0: <laughs> i think this whole book is written just because they want captain america to jump out of a building and save spider-man in front of this flag <laughs> it's, it's, it's on the cover that, really yeah Uh, One book that doesn't have uh, anything cool like that is from July of 1981, Stanley presents Marvel Team-Up 107 featuring Spider-Man and She-Hulk in This Rumor of Revolution by DeFalco, Shooter, Trimp, and Esposito. Eddie Mankiller is back after 100 issues of Marvel Team-Up. She's kidnapping Jennifer Walters' client, Hildy Dawes. Walters is the She-Hulk and blames Spider-Man for allowing the kidnapping to happen. Lance Bannon, the guy from, you know, the bugle guy who's working for the other job the last time we talked about him, got embarrassing pictures of Spider-Man and sells them to J. Jonah Jameson. She-Hulk and Spider-Man have the prerequisite hero fight and eventually work together. But in the end, Hildy Dawes takes matters into her own hands literally and electrocutes herself and Mankiller, presumably to their death. Notable moment, twice in this book, Spider-Man sings multiple lines of a song with music note symbols around him he must have been inspired by our musical episode. That's episode, Let's Read Spider-Man 150. Check it out. Available where you get your podcast.
1: Um, I You know, I was falling asleep, I think, when I was reading this one. But uh, Spider-Man says to Mankiller, society isn't all that bad. And it's like, yeah, maybe not for Peter Parker, but for Mankiller and the women she is mm. trying to have take over the world and crush society, I guess. Uh all right. I I that's all for Marvel Two Up, right? James We we made it.
0: Well, we have a uh, we have a sponsor for Marvel uh, Up, you know, it's we got a contract that goes through issue 150. So uh not that we're not... how,
1: how, how could I forget more toys to add to my Toy collection. Yeah, and
0: I want to let you know, we have we have reached out to Tink Bump Toys and we've asked them to try to up the product oh, a little bit. We've because back when they started off, before Tink Bump originally took this, they were part of remember from Amazing Spider-Man? We used to get like J. Jonah Jameson action figures and yeah. we had a Gwen Stacy one. And then yeah, the Marvel line has been kind of shaky. So they promised they would they would bring it up a little bit. So let's see how much they I'm looking for some, you know, well, you know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone who loves toys, Eddie. Because if you love toys like I do, the Tinker has gathered three Marvel Team-Up villains, um, experts to help design the newest line of Marvel Team-Up action figures. Monster creator, Baron Ligui von Chump, we never see that guy anymore. The Mad Tinker and the Puppet Master, because they're busy working on these toys, <laughs> have lent their expertise to create the toys kids wanna play with and collectors, like you and Sarah Puzzle wanna collect. This 12 set has four figures from the classic run of Mike Esposito's most famous heroes and villains. <laughs> <laughs> and it includes, from Marvel Team-Up 103, Ant-Man's daughter Cassie Lang. Uh, Let me be clear, Eddie, Cassie Lang does become a superhero in the future. Does so. she
1: come in the box? Is there like a recipe for pretzels and cheese?
0: <laughs> <laughs> from Marvel Team-Up 105, with Kung Fu grip and action moves, it's Patty. Uh,
1: I For a second, I thought you almost were going to say Iron Fist, which, all right. Close. Write. Close. Modeling Iron Fist. I mean, escorting.
0: From Marvel Team Up 106, it's the J. Jonah Jameson Kidnapped Bounding Gag Action Figure. (laughs) Wow, a third J. Jonah Jameson. Remember we have Jungle J. Jonah and Arctic J. Jonah? That's awesome. Wow. They really did step up their game. Good job, Tingpo. And there is a fourth figure, Eddie. From Marvel Team Up 107, it's Mankiller. A real villain.
1: Well, uh, yes, I guess every hundred every hundred issues you get to get something, including a toy made of you. I I do like her like Venus female waist belt on. So yeah, that's 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 the highlight, I guess. That's excellent.
0: Well, Eddie, if other people really enjoy the belt of the Venus symbol, where <laughs> where could they reach out to us to tell us this?
1: Uh, email us at let's read spiderman at gmail dot com, or at let's read spidey on Twitter.
0: Do you think she's alive, Mankiller?
1: I, I I think I fell asleep before I finished the book, so I'm going to have oh, to look at it. I apologize. And,
0: oh, okay. Well, basically, <laughs> Hildy Dawes is like there, and someone's like, Man you know, spewing her nonsense or whatever, and I don't know, she. She doesn't want to be oh, a pawn they're... in the game, so she, like, <laughs> electrocutes them both. I'm like, what are you doing? And then they both, like, and then spider Spiderman sitting in there, it's like, you know, they died or whatever, blah, blah. Yeah. But if they wanted to say she was okay, they could. I, I mean, I think she's supposed to be It's It's Mankiller, let's be honest, right? Like, Killing Mankiller, probably. She's disposable, right? <laughs> like, right? I'm just saying, if you're like, I want to kill someone in the book, you're like, well, they're flipping through the pages. You can't kill Lightmaster, but you probably kill Mankiller. <laughs> Yeah, can't kill Mesmero, <laughs> Man. Colors. She's not made it out of Marvel team up, right? So, anyway, Eddie. Um, now it's time for the close. I'm James B. Joined by
1: Eddie,
0: and remember, listeners, if you are a female
1: villain, and you are looking for absolution.
0: You can either get psychiatric help, or you could die by electrocution. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: offering all the best advice on let's read spider.
0: <laughs> Eddie, uh, is it better to do like just chunks of these books because we're pushing through them or should we be giving these guys a little more attention these marvel champs? What do you think? I
1: no. <laughs> it's we're doing I approve of how we are doing them. It's there's there's so much nonsense all the time. We just need to focus on the few things. Like Karma was good. I like Karma. The the sure, first one so, we did. That's an okay yep. book. I've got no problem reading that. But Yeah, and the one the
0: Scorpion was acceptable.
1: I like the Scorpion one, too. That was written well. But these Hulk ones, like I I, I got so many problems with Hulk, too. Kazar and Hulk together, it's like dialogue minus, too. <laughs> Except that he calls Moduk Big Head. You are exactly right. That's the best thing about that book. Well, there's no continuity between, you know, it's just one-offs, one-offs, one-off, one-off. There's no, like, if you're going to have Hulk twice in a row, why don't you just have a story that went twice in a two books in a row? Not that I want to read a Hulk book particularly, but. I know. It has nothing to do, the second Hulk book has nothing to do with the first Hulk book, Hulk book, so. Yeah, I know, I know.